Pixwise is the number one app for sports betting picks, helmed by a team of trend watching, data devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in depth analysis on every game, all for free. Found your pick? Search the latest sports book promotions to sign up for an account, compare the odds, and finally, place your bet. Download the free Pixwise app now to make your next bet better. Pixwise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Traipsing, that's a good word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can have that be a segment. I'll just teach new words every time, teach good vocab because Americans are, are, uh, sorely lacking in vocabulary, but that's not what I was going to, what was I going to say? I was about to say something. Oh, what is this? I don't know. She might get mad at us. What is this about Toddy getting cold feet? I don't know. You know what how is. she is. Too much pressure to come onto this fucking podcast. Yeah. I don't know. We, we do we do nothing. We just she asked, dabble. She asked aimlessly. me a question. She asked me a question today. Oh, what was it? Oh, she wanted me to know what you what you Ethan specifically thought of the Delta variant, and I said to her, I was like, "Do you hear that echo?" No, I I don't know. Um, but it may, maybe that's maybe that's why I haven't been having my mic close. Say something. Do you hear me now? I hear you. Do you hear an echo? Don't, don't put this on the recording. We got to cut this. You're you're yeah, we're recording. Gonna to, we're gonna have to cut all of this. I don't want any of the viewing public, listening public, to hear this. I'll cut yeah. it. You know, it's easy for me to cut. All right, you're gonna. Cut I just all don't want to. I don't want to hear the the echo. I can I can hear it. You still hear one? I don't. Uh, uh, okay. Try again. Do you hear an echo now? I haven't heard one at all. Nah, nah I don't hear one. Bring it. Bring it, it a little closer, closer Ethan. I, I hear more your kitchen when it's far away. Yeah, I think it's my microphone is the problem. What if I do? What if I lower the gain, but I? Still oh, you're there. You're good there. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's good. Are you hearing an echo? Nope. All right, so you're gonna cut all of this. Yep, I'm gonna cut it. Finally, you better cut it. I you can start. You can start right at the beginning, where people see my wonderful. That's a good shirt. Hear me, write me out. <laughs> Thank you to Ben. Well, you're you're lucky. You're lucky we're recording earlier tonight, so that I have time to edit, and we can get that in real quick. But hey, the I don't control the tornadoes. Come on, <laughs> the, true. The just like the thunderstorms point, last week. The problem is that I'm never gonna listen to this, so I won't know if Colin actually edited it or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna double check now. Oh, you will? Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> yeah. Neither one of you usually listens, so what do you care? Hey. Hey. It's important. It's the principle. I subscribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get the Me download. Too. That's that's good. That's good. That yeah. helps us out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Toddy was asking me about the Delta variant, and I said, "Well, we're recording tonight. We have a mailbag, so why don't you, you know, send the question in?" Yeah. But I, I don't think she did. <laughs> she she's your wife. She's allowed to not officially submit it. She can just ask you to your face, and we'll we'll honor it. Oh, and Tim wanted to know Matt what uh, high gravity beer is. Um, okay, so there is a term, a measurement made called the original gravity. Um, essentially, the way to measure ABV, and please, listeners out there, if I'm getting this wrong, correct me, but you measure ABV by measuring the delta uh, of the, the gravity measurements 
from before and after fermenting using a high hydrometer. It's a little floaty bob thing <laughs> that's got a weight in it. And based on based on the concentration of alcohol or sugars in there, it'll give you a reading. And by measuring before and after, you can you can determine how many how much sugar has been consumed by the yeast, and that in turn will tell you how much alcohol has been produced. So a high gravity beer means it's starting off with a lot of fermentable sugars in there. Um, actually, and I think the gravity measurement is actually called a Plato. The unit is called a Plato, which is kind of cool. P-L-A-T-O, philosopher, not child toy. Um, and um, yeah, so if, if you have a high gravity beer, you're putting a lot of fermentable sugars in there. You got like a thick, heavy, strong beer. So you're going to, it's going to end up high alcohol. All right. By All right. Drinking like, uh, you know, steel reserve or something. <laughs> no, we were looking at beers from one of our favorite breweries down here in Charlotte, and it said high gravity. And we were all like, what is what does that mean? And Tim really wanted to know. And I said, well, I'm talking to Matt tonight, so I guess I can ask. But he's also not a listener, so he'll never know what the well, answer is. Well, tell him is. I answered it very eloquently if he <laughs> decides to listen to the podcast. Yeah, he said he had too many podcasts to listen to. That's why he doesn't listen. Yeah, okay, bullshit. Nonsense. <laughs> he should come on the show sometime. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, if he's not a listener, he's not coming on the show. <laughs> Come on. Uh Should we just get all of the actual fan interaction out of the way since we're talking about fans of the show right now? Yeah, why not? Speaking of that, hey, Greg, uh, workhorse is pretty cool. Uh, Really awesome space. Um, Really, like, nice and big. They had a Homer Simpson quote on the wall in the men's bathroom. (laughs) I mean, that that sells me right away. Um, And they had some really cool food. I just didn't have time to stand around and eat. Um, But Nice little place tucked away in King of Prussia. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, you and Greg were drinking the beer at the same time. Not at the same yeah. place, but he was at home. You were at the brewery. We were hamming it up on Untapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was texting me, and, and then I was I was doing something, so I wasn't texting him right back. And then I look at my text later, and he's like, never mind. I figured it out on Untapped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, So we'll stay with Cousin Greg right now because he's got a few things for us. So first off, Cousin Greg left us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So like Melissa, oh, actually, Ethan doesn't know this. Crap. We should should just not tell him. What do you mean not tell me? Yeah, Yeah, don't tell him. Make him listen. Make him listen. Yeah. We know who Graham is, but you don't. Graham? Yeah, from our, our first, first review. Oh, Graham, yeah. that guy. You know it's who better it is. and better every or, week. Or she, if it's a last name. Yeah, you don't, you don't know who it is, but I guess I you'll not. have to listen to figure it out because we talked okay. about it last episode. Uh-huh. Thanks, Graham. <laughs> I'm just going to say thanks, Graham, and that's, that's fine. And thank you, Greg. <laughs> yeah, Greg said an eclectic group of guys. See how I got that word in there, Ethan? Very good. Good job. Yeah. Really makes me laugh, yet yeah, also provokes deep thought. Love listening to all of the baseball sabermetric nerdy stuff, beer reviews, and Ethan's rants. I will forever merge into traffic just a little differently. Keep up, <laughs> keep up the great work. Every episode is getting better and better. Looking forward to a bright future for the jocks and the schlub. The shift still and will forever stink. PA all day. That's a great fucking review, dude. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Good he's, review. He's a, he's a good writer. Let's yeah. get him on the show. Yeah, he he's already he asked to, me. Right? He's yeah, going to yeah, come on. Yeah, he right, we, we've good. got a number of different things that he could fit into. So we'll we'll figure it out. He told Absolutely. me last week, he's like, I uh, watched you guys on YouTube this past week. It just hits different. And I was like, all right, ah. I guess I guess that's a good thing. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, staying with Cousin Greg, one more thing here real quick. Cousin Greg wrote into the mailbox today, and he was wondering if anyone had caught the show on Netflix, Untold, The Malice at the Palace. Anyone see that? No, it's on my no. it's on my two watch list, actually. So it's it's it comes up in my um, in my recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I actually I just to be a little bit of a nerd, I, I was watching the um, the, the the five part video game documentary. <laughs> so I, I finished that up last night, though. So maybe maybe Malice at the Palace is uh, the the next in line. For some reason, I, I remember I thought I remember watching that unfold live, but I can't remember exactly the circumstances around that game. Yeah, that was uh, the Ron Artest uh, melee, obviously. Although uh, I don't think Artest was the original. It's so long ago, and I, I, I was so young. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly what. Steven Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. And I think was the first one. Yep. Jackson Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. 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 All went into the stands. I mean, just right. nuts, crazy. This well, yeah, because our was, was, was laying down on the scores table. Yeah, and then okay. he somebody, somebody threw right. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't got, involved hit with a beer, all. and then he. That's when he went nuts. Yeah, I mean, okay. sorry, not Ron Artest. Meta World Peace. I oh, think right, he's back right. to Ron Artest though. Oh, he's back to oh, Ron. Okay, really? I think okay. so. Yeah, I think he pulled no chess. Sorry, Ron slash Meta. Yeah. Well, that's super interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you it's a good documentary. We'll have to get back to you, cousin Greg, um, on that. But here's his name right now. It's um, Meta Sandiford Artest hyphenated last name i don't know sandiford maybe a spouse or something good for him he fucking goes for it with names you know i admire that anyway probably sorry, that's not what this to, is about. Uh, ocho cinco out there yeah, yeah ocho cinco right yeah yeah i'll just never forget when ron artest hit that big three from he got the assist from kobe to win game seven against the celtics in 2010 and they did the interview after the game and the first th- not even answering the question he just says i want to thank my therapist and like just goes off on this big long tangent, but that's amazing. Oh, you know what? That made me think of something, then we'll get right back to this. So there's an amazing Mike Tyson clip, an interview on YouTube that my friends and I in college used to watch all the time, and it's it's like the funniest thing ever. And he goes on this, it's he just wins a match, and then he goes for his post match interview. And before the guy can even ask him a question, he just starts going, which is what what made me think of this, because you said our test did that. And he goes on this huge rant, like talking shit to Lennox Lewis and talks about how he's going to eat his children. (laughs) And then he does like a Muslim blessing at the end because he was, I think, I don't know if he still is, but he was like a practicing Muslim at the time. I don't know if it's still on YouTube. I'm going to look it up while we get into our next user uh, thingy or our next fan question. But if it's still on YouTube, I'll tell everybody. And if you've never seen it before, you need to watch it because it's the funniest thing ever. So anyways, (laughs) go ahead. Continue. All right. So, Matt, this one's for you. Just to remind you, your friend Ben, who I think you're wearing the shirt for today, wanted to know what the golden patent you have in the background. Yeah, um, right there, right there. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I was smart once, um, <laughs> and uh, um, I, I worked on a, a really cool project when I was at GE, um, making light bulbs. Uh, for the chemicals that go into uh, LED chips that were then put into TVs. Um, so the, the chemical we were working on uh, helped make your reds redder, for, for lack of a better term. Um, and I got a, I got a, I was a part of an experiment that led to a, a new process to make that more efficiently and more quickly. 
Um, it was a crazy, crazy couple of years. It was a really, really cool project. Um, and uh, I actually, the TV I have downstairs has has that technology that I worked on in it, which is kind of the coolest thing in the world. Like, oh shit, like this TV is something I work, like a very, very small fraction of it, but like something I worked on, something I have a patent on is in this TV, like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I, I got to do a lot of fun stuff on that project. Uh, at one point I was, we were, we were converting an old, like hundred year old foundry uh, into our new office space and our new production area. And in the conference room, I got to buy like two 80 inch Sony flat panel TVs, one that had our product in it and one that didn't. And we like, I got to design the room and we got, we put up slideshows that showed like strawberries and tomatoes. And we would like, Ooh, look at the stuff on the right that has our, I think they, they're they calling it trigain now, but it has our trigain phosphor in it. And it looks, look at, look at how good that tomato looks like, Oh, compared to that other crappy tomato on the other screen. Oh, like, Oh man, it looks so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, yeah, I, I don't know actually how much I'm still allowed to talk about it and still what's, what's kind of funny, but there was some, some pretty crazy chemistry. We had to solve some pretty cool, cool projects or some pretty cool challenges that like, just imagine like we, we had to make everything out of Teflon, which is just weird. So like everything we put in there had to be machined out of Teflon, um, which just adds tons and tons of different very, you know, variables to everything. And it, it just, it was a cool project, but anyway, thanks for the shout out, Ben. Thanks for the calling out my, my one. That's I had a couple submitted. That's the only one that I've ever had granted, but it, it, it means a lot. So I think, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, Matt, nice. you got to take a picture for us later so we can put it on social. And if you want to kind of see where it is in Matt's room, you got to watch the YouTube version. Cause yeah. obviously if you're listening to this, you're not going to really know what he's talking about, but. Yeah. And then, and then beneath it's all my, uh, my high school CD collection and a couple beer hats <laughs> just for everyone interested. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What beer hat you got? Is that the uh, place in Anaheim? Yep. Yeah. Cause I'm drinking another Anaheim beer tonight. It's called Gem Condition. It's a mint chocolate stout aged in bourbon barrels and then finished on more chocolate and mint. Ooh. Jesus. Ooh, it's tasty. Diabetes in the bottom. Diabetes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. (laughs) So good. I've got all the – so I have my Simpsons right here. Duff Beer. Wicked Weed. Uh, That is my beer tonight. A sour – yeah, watermelon, dragon fruit, sour from Wicked Weed in Asheville. Uh, one of the great breweries out in Nashville. And I also have my Tune Squad Union. I have I have to do this column, but <clears throat> Budweiser. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. What do they make the Wicked Weed thing? Yeah. So oh, Wicked okay. Weed was a really controversial brand because they built themselves up in the craft beer community as like, screw big beer. We're independent. Yeah. Like, screw them. We're never going to be like them. We're never going to be like Budweiser. And then like six months later, like, Budweiser bottom. So, <laughs> so like, and then it was like, then, and then they like released this big, really, and, and it was other breweries that Budweiser bought too, but this really dumb ad campaign that was like, hey, we're all beer drinkers and we should all band together because the real person that's challenging our market share is wine and spirits, but like drink our beer still because we're still beer people. And it's like, wow. Eh, like, yeah. Eh. 
I knew some of that. I didn't know all of that though. I liked it there a lot when we went there. Oh, it was awesome. I visited before they got bought. I mean, it's a it's an awesome place. You can go around the corner to the the Funkatorium. Yeah, yeah. Which is like this big cellar with all their sour. Like it's an awesome place. They had awesome food. They've got some really, really good beers. I mean, you know, uh Promiscuous was like, I think it's called Promiscuous, like one of their early IPAs, really, really good. They do good sours, they do like a, a really good early pastry. Like, I mean, they made really good stuff, but uh it's always frustrating, especially I think they got ridiculed extra because they built their brand on the fact that it's like, we're never going to do that. Right. Ah, and then they got bought out. So yeah. We'll save that for another episode where I can go on a rant with all the breweries that Budweiser and Miller actually <laughs> own that you really yeah. don't realize that they do. The one you've mentioned to me before, I think, is like Devil's Backbone or something, right? Devil's Backbone in Virginia. Yeah. Um, that's a big one. Yeah. Kind of the first domino to fall for those of you out there who... Uh, who track it goose island was like the first big oh, yeah, goose craft island. brewer that was bought by budweiser now it's funny because also like craft beer nerds like me that are like two-faced here like yeah i'm gonna give colin shit for uh for drinking wicked weed but then every black friday i'm gonna go out and scour the market for goose island bourbon county stout so <laughs> uh, a lot of us are still two-faced you know oh it's rare and it's tasty so i want to go get it i don't care that budweiser makes it like mm-hmm. so. we know we know what matt's gonna be for halloween yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, what? You'll be two-faced, two-faced. dummy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right over the head. That's all right. That's all what right. Matt said earlier, that he used to be smart. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Good callback. Very nice. Very nice. See, that's how you can tell we're getting better at podcasting, is because Colin just did that. That's a veteran podcaster move. Very nice. Very I mean, nice. he is the professional. He is the professional. Yes, we knew this. Now, I am drinking, finally, I'm trying Protagonist, our sponsor, Protagonist Brewing in Charlotte, my first time having them. Colin sent us some Queen Charlotte, a Pilsner. It's very nice, very solid Pilsner, nice and crispy, refreshing, I'm enjoying it, so thank you, Protagonist. Oh, and I've never shown my shirt, but I'm wearing one of my Trampled shirts. Oh, excellent. Trampled by Turtles, my favorite band of all time. Um, This is a go-to shirt of mine, along with a few other Trampled shirts. How many holes does that one have in it? This one actually doesn't. So that's the nice thing about trampled merch that I've noticed is the shirts are not like crazy expensive, but they're fucking comfy and they're durable. I've had this thing, I want to say since like 2014, probably. And I, I wear it Palomino like all the time. It's pretty damn thin. Oh, really? When when did you buy that? Oh, years ago. I sent It's the one I sent to Jeremy because I'm, I'm too fat. Oh, okay. It could <laughs> be that like in the early days, the merch might have been a little bit less quality. Oh, no, but okay. yeah. I wore it twice. These days, really, really really good. So, anyway, we'll have to talk to Christian and figure out what they use so we can put out our own merch and just know we got that high quality stuff. (laughs) Hell yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can you imagine people buying stuff with our faces on and walking around with it? No. (laughs) I'll put it down there right now. I'll I'll pay for the first round of mugs with our logo on it. Okay. I would actually use a mug with our logo. I would do that. I don't know if anybody else. Also, Ethan, you know what? We'll do mugs and I'll pay for the first round of pint glasses. If we sell them, great. If not, no worries. But you need a pint glass, Ethan, because you're drinking you're drinking your Queen Charlotte out of a rocks glass right there. I have pint glasses, but I like drinking them out of these. No, but but, I can take my time and the other half of the beer stays cold. Do you have it in the fridge? And it's turning flat. Do you have it in the fridge? Wouldn't it turn right now? flat if yeah, I do. Wouldn't it turn uh, flat if it was in the uh in the big glass too? Yeah. Uh, maybe well, the way you drink it, yeah. The way Matt drinks it, no. Well, right, That's true. Yeah, he'd he drink it fast enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, you... first round, first round are on me though. If we sell if we sell them, great. If not, 
Um, I mean, I'll give, I'll give them to family members for Christmas gifts. I literally thought that zero people would ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> and and people do. So me and I, if I think that zero people would buy like a, a a pint glass or a mug, I'm probably wrong about that too. So hey, you never know what people will buy. Another podcast I'm listening to, uh, they put out washcloths, kind of jokingly, like, <laughs> oh yeah, like our face That's is on funny. this washcloth. You can use it. You can use this washcloth to clear, clean your bum. And like <laughs> they sold out in 24 hours. That's fucking funny. That's really good. That is amazing. Like I'll put yeah. together a poll with some of the, we'll, we'll come up with like four different options. Okay. Yeah. And we'll see. What about we'll like see a rag to use. I like to use rags to kind of, I always wipe down the sink in my kitchen and in my bathroom after I wash my hands. Cause I don't like puddles of water. So maybe like a rag for the sinks with our logo on it <laughs> to wipe off the puddles of water. That's Dude, what just, I would get behind. Ethan, let's call it a bar rag, okay? Ba- oh, sure. Or a, a dish rag. towel. Not just I mean, dish towel. Dish if you towel. must. If you must. I mean, fine. You know. <laughs> Buy this rag. Oh. <laughs> you know, you know, you I like that rag, better. You know, when you say rag, I think of like my mom cutting up old t shirts. Yeah. Or like, dirty. It's called two jocks and a schlub. So the schlub part, it's a rag. It's, it's in, it, it, thematically, it makes sense. I think it's good. Okay, then we'll just we'll do a rag with just your face on it. <laughs> okay, cool. I like that. Or maybe a plunger. I think that would be fun. How about a a plunger yes, with our logo? A, I've got a uh, a toilet cleaner, a toilet brush um, that honors I like the these former ideas. president. Oh, there oh, you go. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Uh huh. Look at this. We're so creative coming up oh. with all these great merch ideas. Why well, has actually else it was actually sent to me as a housewarming gift by a friend who thinks. She's pretty funny. Uh, she was she was fairly high and just decided as she was giggling, giggling in the corner of her of her living room stone that that would be a great housewarming gift. Oh, that's funny. So uh, shout out to Chloe for listening. But I do use Chloe. Yo, so I do use her. Oh yeah, she Chloe. Yeah, Ethan, you could have known her. But La no. Chloe, I know the name. She actually listens to this thing. No, I don't think so. But. I was gonna say, come on, Chloe. You could have met her though. You you live in the L.A. You got way you got way better shit to do. Yeah. All right. What else we got? We who yeah. did we answer? We answered Greg. Yeah, we uh, Greg Ben. Uh, we got through. We got through everything from listeners. So, uh, well, should we answer Toddy though? Slow is just right if you're on vacation, a sloth, or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system, because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of surveyed businesses increased visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financial program only for those ready to switch today. Head to netsuite.com slash bluewire right now. Get special financing at netsuite.com slash bluewire one more time, netsuite.com slash bluewire. Hey guys, looking for a betting advantage this football season? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to compare betting odds and make smart bets. 
Their best bet computer model scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you a best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place the bet. Their model covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and player prop bets. Don't want to use this model and prefer to do the research yourself? Well, BetQL has all the necessary tools for your betting research needs. Tools like line movement and sharp data on who the pros are backing, team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and over-under, team lineup breaking news and injury status updates, and leaderboards to track how you stack up against others and to view your winning streaks. Better data, better bets. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download BetQL. You can also head to try.betql.co slash bluewire to get started now. Enter the discount code bluewire at payment checkout for 25% off any of their subscription offerings. Make sure to check out their offers page to find a special offer to receive a full free year of BetQL. Don't miss out on the chance to gain your betting advantage during this football season. I don't know if you want to get into Delta. I'll just do something. I'll say something really quickly that um, now I haven't done like any, any like super, super deep dive. So I don't know all of the data on this, but Delta is fucking serious. I mean, it's, it's, it's super contagious. Um, It's like COVID on, it's like the original COVID on steroids. Now, last I knew the data says that if you're fully vaccinated, you still have a really excellent chance of not getting severe illness or death you can still get sick you might still get symptoms you might not um but you have a really good chance of not getting you know really really sick or dying or going to the hospital if you are not vaccinated uh you are going to get really sick probably you're going to get really sick and you might fucking die so don't be an idiot go and get the shot if you haven't yet i can't imagine that anybody who listens to this hasn't i'm sure i'm pretty much preaching to the choir on all of this Um, but the larger point, and this is, I didn't even, wasn't planning on going on some long rant about this, but since I'm talking about it, (laughs) the larger point, I don't give a fuck if you're not afraid of the virus. Um, being a human being, being a part of society means that you need to give a shit about the welfare of other people. And if you don't give a shit enough about the welfare of other people to go and get a shot, then you're an asshole and you really need to, you need to, uh, um, relook at your life you need to reconsider your life and your decisions and your opinions um the only reason that humanity has advanced is because we support each other because we work together um and if you can't in the midst of a global pandemic if you allow yourself to be completely politicized to a point where you aren't caring about other people and you refuse to get a vaccine because you just think it's a political statement you're being immature and you're being selfish and you're being a fucking moron. Um, so go and get the shot. It's easy. Have you ever, did you, have you ever worried about polio in your life? Have you ever worried about getting polio? Uh, no, you haven't. Or Or smallpox. No, you haven't because of fucking vaccines. They work. Listen to experts. There's this thing nowadays, and this has been happening for years where all of a sudden we don't like respect experts anymore. Um, we like think because of Google that we don't need expertise anymore. And that's insane. Okay. Like, I have a doctorate in music, so in the grand scheme of things, I would be kind of considered an expert on music, right? But I don't look at that and say, oh, I have a doctorate and I have Google, so I I just know everything about everything. No. Like, if I need to know something about engineering, I'm going to ask fucking Matt. Like, expertise exists. (laughs) So respect it. Pay attention to it. It's not difficult. Not a difficult concept. Anyway, sorry, I'm probably preaching to the choir and and nobody needed to hear that, but I felt like putting it out there. 
because it was on my mind. No, now it's good. If if I need to ask questions about a squeaky cheek exploder or a tootie leather pole, I'll, I'll ask you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. No, no. And, and like, you know, I don't pretend to know more about music than you because that would be dumb. You know, that's it's your expertise. You've gone to 10 years of school for that. Plus everything you did before college, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyways, yeah, there you the, go. The Toddy. Thing, Hopefully that's what she wanted to know. I don't know. Well, well, I'm going to tack on a little bit to this, and Kyle, I'll interrupt too. Is, uh, but um, regardless of political party or affiliation, just the idea of like, hey, I'm going to make a small personal sacrifice for the good of everyone. Um, kind of the, the unwillingness to do that kind of bothers me. Oh, um, it's fucked up, dude. Kind of bothers. And, yeah, it's insane. And the, well, the, 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 the analogy I make is if you think back 80 years ago to World War II when we had coupon books for you know everything hey you get three gallons of gas this week and one pound of bacon and oh i'm sorry you don't get beef you get wheat like here you go save your bacon grease and grow a victory garden like it was a sacrifice for the like holy shit people what if we had to do that again like would it be different because oh it's the troops this time and i can do anything for the troops or is it like no i'm I'm gonna eat my beef hamburgers because i want to eat personal freedom yeah, and I'm going to drive my gas guzzling car all the time. Like, I, I just, I don't know. It just, that, that's, again, it, you know, like you said, part of being a society, um, it's frustrating because, you know, just take two seconds and be like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna do this small inconvenience because it's going to help out everyone else. Yeah. So please. It, it people, should please. be a no-brainer. It should be a no-brainer. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Sweet. Two jocks and a schlub goes political. I love it. <laughs> and speaking of political matt you had said that your boy brett favor <laughs> had some <Favorite>? nice things <laughs> had some nice things to say recently i'm curious so to know what they we're, are we're, we're thinking on the same lines because i almost use that as as, as as a segue as well but surprisingly See, look at you guys getting political. so much better at podcasting every week <laughs> yeah, it, i'm behind surprisingly, you surprisingly he was not being political he came out and said in a video he was urging all parents to not let their kids play tackle football until they were this. 14 years old. Super interesting. And and I, I think we've got a good cross section here because we've got Ethan, who's you know it, it, this is not a slight, but you never played any major contact sports. Um, you've got Colin here, who was a, a very a superb athlete in uh, high school, who I, I begged for about four years to play football, right. um, but played soccer. Um, and then you've got a, you know, you've got someone who played football for six years of his life from seventh grade to twelfth grade, um, and um, and my brain is in the best shape out of all three of you. So I, I'm willing to bet stuff. that. I mean, no, I'm uh, this kidding. Isn't a I'm joke. kidding. Like, yeah. Had no, I known, man. had I known the stuff about, um, was it CTE? Uh, yeah, the, the the traumatic brain injuries that you're seeing now. Um, that I mean, I think I think there's some validity to what Mr. You know, crazy Mr. Show my penis to the reporters says. Um, like it's a good nickname. I, I probably wouldn't. I, I, I don't know. I mean, 14 year old Matt, 13 year old Matt, maybe maybe wouldn't have made these choices rationally. But thinking about it now, I don't know if if it was yeah. the wisest thing. Maybe I should have played soccer. I would have played soccer. I'm too slow for soccer. But maybe I would have played something else. Maybe I would have done something else. Um, you know, I had I had two two diagnosed concussions and countless other times where you get your bell rung, yeah. you know, which to me, whenever I got my bell rung meant that I lost my balance and like that, that's scary. So how many other undiagnosed brain injuries have I had? Yeah. And, and what, 
long-term effects is, does it have on me? And, and Colin, I mean, not, not to hide the plight just among football people. I mean, soccer, it's a, it's a problem too. Yeah. Um, to the point where you're seeing kind of innovative technologies for uh, headers where they've got these kind of what foam lined headbands to try and reduce the impact because that's still a pretty dramatic, especially if it's like a cross into the box. Yeah. That's, that's still a hard kicked ball that you're trying to redirect with only your head. And uh, yeah, you can hit it on your forehead if you're lucky, but what if it hits you somewhere else? Um, so I, I think there's actually a little bit of wisdom there. Now I think the backlash in the country is going to be, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Like <laughs> I'm going to have my, I played football when I was a kid. I'm going to have my kid play football. Mm-hmm. Um but I really do think that at least approaching an age where you're not limiting someone from playing, you know, competitive high school football, but you are hopefully allowing them to get far enough into the experience that they can maybe make a, a choice themselves. Um, now his, his point was don't, he, he never said don't play football. He said, don't play tackle football. Right. Um, so you could still develop those skills. You, I mean, um, you know, for, so for someone like me, whose whole game of football was, I have the ball, I'm going to run at you. And I think I can just run at you and, and I'm going to make you hurt. And that's not a great <laughs> way to play because I'm not agile. And sometimes it works, but the majority of times it didn't. Um, but, you know, you, you look at like touch football, you look at flag football, where it's a much more um, agility-based, fast-paced game. Um, those are still great skills that can transfer to tackle football. Um, the one place where it kind of hurts is when you've got, um, you know, you've got linemen who, who, you know, the guys in the trenches where they're, where they're trying to block people. But I mean, we've did it in intramural and in fraternity games. You can still shadow block. You can still practice the, the footwork involved, you know, which is, I'd say, you know, 80% of blocking is having good footwork. Uh, and the other 20% is going to be your, your engaging with your arms, but you could still practice that. You can still do, you know, we would do shadow blocks where essentially you just had to try and stay in front of the person and go back and forth and use your, use your feet to delay them long enough. Um, so as, as much as Brett Favre says, uh, you know, really shitty and dumb stuff. And as much as he steals from charities in Mississippi, look it up, everyone he does. Um, I think he's got a little pearl of wisdom there. Now, I have a question, and and either or both of you, uh, I would love to hear your your thoughts because I want to expand on this just a little bit more. So, it it seems to me like you're saying, Matt. Obviously, I agree with everything you're saying. It seems super valid, um, given all the science that we've learned in like the last decade or whatever it's been five years. Um, that that starting to tackle like later in life probably makes sense in terms of brain health. Now. What I'm wondering, so you're, I think you're exactly right that you're going to have plenty of people who are just going to just immediately dismiss it, you know, like, fuck that, I'm a manly man, blah, 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 right? You'll have those people. But you're also going to have people, I think this is a little bit more valid, I'm not saying I agree with it. Football is, I mean, what is it, a billion dollar sport? More than oh, that? Oh, more than that. Yeah. Way so, more than that. Way more? Okay, I, can't, I don't know what the current numbers are. Now, so there's there's so much money at stake for these players, right? And so what I'm wondering is if you don't start playing tackle football until you're 14, you're losing out on whatever experience that you could have gotten beforehand. And so if we're thinking about for instance the whole, you know, 10,000 hours principle, which scientifically I don't know how accurate it is, but for a conversation we can kind of use it, right? 10,000 hours to become a master at something, right? So if you are a really really talented football player and you're a kid, and you're thinking, this is my passion, this is what I want to do, I'm going to fucking go for it, 
the idea that you might lose out on a couple years of actual like real tackle football experience that could be really damaging moving forward now there are a lot of people who can make a ton of progress between 14 and 18 and they do but i feel like there are a lot of people who are going to be justified in saying we have a right to do it at age 12 or whatever if we want to we want that experience we want that training we want to be able to develop the skills longer so that by the time we're ready to go to college we're as advanced as we can possibly be to, to give ourselves the best the best position um i'm curious if you guys have any strong thoughts about that well what are you what are you losing outside of tackling by playing flag football or touch football like what matt was saying i mean you still learn how to line up in formations you still learn how to play as a team catch the ball run the ball throw the ball, you know, all, all these skills. And I will say though, I mean, tackling is hard and also just tackling and evading tackles. Right. I mean, both of those things seem like significant skills to me. But evading tackles is about vision more than it, it is about, about vision powering somebody. About, I mean, there's certain things where I Agility. think you can, you can share those skills for flag football. Um, but the actual tackle, I mean, we, we did drills. That I, there's a reason, um, I was either, when I moved to linebacker, I was, I was not, I was not a good linebacker. Um, um, I, you know, in terms of keys and reads, I would get, I would get the reads right, but I was so slow that by the time it was time for me to make the tackle, I couldn't do it. Um, so yeah, you are, you do lose the skill of, of the tackle, Ethan. And I, and I do, I do sympathize with the people who do see, I mean, you know, like it or not the way the, you know, the, our culture is and, and some people's socioeconomic situations are maybe maybe a shot at pro sports is their best way of breaking out exactly yeah. and, and and so that that is their passion that's what they want to pursue and unfortunately a, a fraction of a percent of people actually make it to the pros but that's still potentially a vector for them to get college education and now with the change in ncaa rules it's a way for them to capitalize on their image and get some money as well Absolutely. um but yeah I, i'm gonna agree with colin i don't think you lose too much Okay. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Again, like I said, for, for linemen, I think it would be difficult. And for someone who's got to make a tackle, I think it's something that would, would definitely take some training in high school, but also um, play rugby or something that I don't know, like yeah. <laughs> um, if you really are worried about that skill, play rugby. But as, as the only person here who follows big time college football program, I'm here to tell you that they Penn state, for example, takes a lot of kids who, are not fully developed from a football standpoint, but they project out. They say, okay, this kid's a freak athlete. He tested off the charts for whatever the tests that they have and everything. And they go ahead and sign them. And they're like five-star, four-star recruits. Cause that's how they project. doesn't always work out, but I don't, I don't know if we're trying to save people's lives here. You know, it's what we're talking about essentially. I don't, I don't really like Favre at all, but I think everybody knows that who knows me, but starting at age 14, when you throw the 10,000 hour rule out the door, like you're 14, you have a better understanding of yourself physically as a person. You can learn those skills faster than you can when you're five years old. You know, I taught myself how to switch hit. I was a much better mechanically skilled left-handed hitter than I was a right-handed hitter because I had no bad habits. And I taught myself the correct way to hit, you know, when I, whenever we like right around that same age, like 14. And, and so 
I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal to say, hey, tackle football doesn't start till you're about 14 because those people who need to learn how to tackle, they'll figure out, like, are you big enough to be a lineman? Are you figure? Are you big enough to be a linebacker? You know, whatever, fast enough to be a linebacker, whatever you got to do, they'll, they'll figure out those projections. That's why the science and the data exists for all those tests and everything. And then they'll teach you the form and you just have to put the work in. But you'll, they'll get opportunities. So those people that you're worried about not getting opportunities, they're already getting them. They're already doing that. Yeah, like uh, Jason Owe, uh, who just got drafted in the first round out of Penn State, didn't play football until 11th grade, I think. Played basketball. That was how Penn State found out about him. Hmm. And he's a freak. And okay. Yeah, big time. Big time recruit. <clears throat> big time draft pick. It worked out. Doesn't always do that, but uh, you know, it's it's already happening. I, I do think, though. I mean, there is Ethan. Your your argument carries weight. Um, and luckily, like for me, I, I mean, I started playing when I was twelve, so I was yeah. I was too big to play Pop Warner. Um, I, I you know I, I never I was I was too young to fit move up the age bracket, and I was too large to play in the age bracket I was in. And you know, I wasn't interested in just going to practice and running around a bunch to you know not play. So, you know, I never made it, but um, I do think, I, I think there is a strong pull for a lot of people out there to, to try and use it as their way out and to, to try and hone those skills as long as they can. Yeah. Um, but then I, I flipped to the scenario. I, I still remember the, the first, you know, diagnosed concussion I had was on of all things, a punt. And I got, I got, it blocked on a punt right off my release. So I was, we were, we were punting and I was in my slide steps back for, for protection. And, and they sent their, they sent their blockers forward. So I got hit and I remember standing up and, and it's, it's the weirdest sensation, ever, but no matter what I tried, I could not run straight down the field. And so I, I could not do it. I could not do it. And I'm, you know, you're, you're trained as a, in, in punt protection, you have a lane. So I had, uh, you know, an eight yard wide area that was mine that I had to cover that lane. And you never want anyone to have a gap in the lane because that's usually where a, a punt return is going to turn it back for a touchdown. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I was hit hard enough that they actually stripped all the paint off my, my helmet that night. I remember that because it all it went all the way down to the, the core of the helmet. And as I'm trying to get um, defensive signal, at this point, I am playing linebacker because it was our junior year. And we were so low on people. So I'm I'm playing middle linebacker and I'm the one that's got to get the signals from the coach and I'm sitting there and I'm just asking for them over and over and over and over again until finally the coach has to call timeout and yell, what the fuck is wrong? Because I'm the smart one. I'm not supposed to do that. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know what the signs are. Um, <laughs> and shit. so they sat me out for the rest of the game. And I don't, I don't remember much of the rest of that night. I remember wow. We were in Baldensville and I remember, uh, you know, not being kind of aware of our surroundings and having a headache for the rest of the night. Um, so, you, you know, those, those kind of things, I mean, they terrify me right now. There's, there's one other story the following year where, you know, I won't get into it, but again, a very, very similar instance where uh, instead of not being able to run straight, I just started exhibiting really, really wild behavior Um and was pulled out of the coach, but or pulled out of the game by one of the coaches because I was just acting erratically. Um, so again, I, we'll get into that one, that story another time. But 
Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I I hate to say Brett Favre may be right, but he has a kernel of uh, knowledge right there. Yeah. Well, and I think what you unlock, unlocked, Matt, is much like we talk about with like the rules in baseball that are going to increase the pace of play and everything, and that there's like a, a, a larger you know, problem that needs to be addressed. And I think the larger problem that needs to be addressed in all of this is the fact that head injuries are still happening at a rate that is far too high and far too scary for a lot of people. And, you know, the NFL and trickles down doesn't, they don't really care to, they don't really seem to care. So now I will say I used to give your dad so much shit growing up because he wouldn't let you play football. (laughs) Um, I, I, I did talk to him at your wedding and I did tell him that, there may have been one or two or seven beers behind this, but I did say, Mr. Schmelia, you were right. Um, that was the right choice. Um, and he was gracious as always, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he listens gracious. to the podcast, but you, uh, you still never let me pitch Mr. Schmelia. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, well, you want to top this episode off with some baseball talk since you just talked about pitching? Yeah, can I can I jump really quick and do a, like a viral moment that I just I saw this weekend? We can segue into baseball from that. Do it up. I guess Max Scherzer doesn't like to be touched. I didn't realize this, and it's like not Adrian like Beltre. Adrian Beltre. No, no, and it's that. not like a playful Adrian Beltre. Don't touch my head thing. Like during his first start, Dave, Dave Roberts, the manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers, was telling a story which I just I saw and I thought was hilarious that Scherzer was coming off the field, which. To those of you who aren't really familiar with baseball, Scherzer um, is probably one of the best pitchers in the game right now. He's a multiple Cy Young winner. Um, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's like 38 now. Uh, they call him Mad Max. Uh, he is super intense, crazy intense about his his form and his mechanics. And then he added up, and you know he's a huge competitor. He wants to go out there and hit all the time. Even the pitchers don't hit a lot. And then you, you add in like, oh, well, his eyes are different colors too. And it's like, holy shit, this guy is like, this guy's intense. But anyway, he's walking off the field after an inning and Dave Roberts smacked him on the ass like baseball players do. And he stopped and turned around and said, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, like Adrian Beltre used to pat him on the head and he'd get angry and blah, 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 blah. Like he, it was like a joke for his teammates. But Roberts was joking that like Scherzer was serious and his whole thing was like, I'm here because you pay me to be good and I'm the best. I don't need encouragement or something like that. Don't fucking touch me. Oh, that's and, hilarious. And the viral moment was as Scherzer was returning to the dugout uh, after his, in the other, the, the most recent game he played, one of like the backup outfielders was about to give him a smack on the back and you see him stop and just put his hands up like, oh no, no, I can't touch <laughs> that guy. Uh, it actually was pretty funny. But uh, so yeah, good. I just, I got a good laugh out of it this week for our, our baseball viral, baseball viral moment. Amazing. Oh, and the other thing I want to say, because we were talking about the NFL earlier and, and its popularity. So the Field of Dreams game got, what, like 5.7 million viewers? Best, the most best, for a regular season game in like 15 years. Yeah, best best ratings for a regular season game in a long time. The Cowboys-Steelers NFL preseason game got 7.9. Holy fuck. Oh. Are you sure 5.7 million was what it was for the Field yeah, of Dreams? Yeah, it was like six. 5.7 or 6. And that was the highest regular season in 15 years. In a pre-season and then NFL football season got 7.9. Yeah. Well, that shows so, you. I mean, we've talked about, right, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how baseball needs to make some fucking changes. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, Man. there's 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 17 football games a year. There's Now there's 17. 
Uh, right. There's 162, 162. baseballs. So. Yeah. But yeah, still, holy true. shit. Like some super special, like first time thing, like the Field of Dreams game should get more than a preseason game in the NFL. Like that's not, that's not great. But Now, I, I hate, I, I feel like I'm talking a lot, guys. So stop me. No, do it. You're good, dude. <laughs> well, so, so again, that, that uh, online sports outlet that you hate, Ethan, that, um, that rhymes with a head spin. Um, I, I used to love head spin. <laughs> Um, they, love the current iteration. they wrote a good article today that was just saying like, um, baseball, don't ruin, don't ruin. You have something special. Don't ruin it. And the whole point was like, they asked, like they compared it to the NHL and the winter classic, which used to be a big deal. Like, Oh, they're playing an outdoor hockey game. And now like the NHL has done it so many times in so many places with so many like mediocre results that they've just driven it into the ground. Uh, and no one cares anymore, and no one watches it anymore. Like the last one they had was an outdoor game at the Cotton Bowl. Like, who the fuck gives a shit about two teams playing in Texas on New Year's Day and like a football thing? Like, no one cares about that. Nobody even um, cares about the Cotton Bowl anymore. So, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I did want to. I did want to. After reading that, I wanted to make a, a proposition for what the next. Um, if they were going to do another. I mean, they're going to do Reds and Cubs next year at the Field of Dreams, mm-hmm. which I'm glad they're going to keep sense. doing that. But, but I think it would be really, really cool to do a game at League Park, which if you guys don't know what League Park is, it's in Cleveland. Um, it's it's in kind of midtown Cleveland now. Um, it's the park where Babe Ruth called his shot, famously. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's it's so it's it's on a city block, so the thing is square. It's like 460 to center field, like 380 to left and 300 exact to right or 290 to right. Um, but they Cleveland, to their credit, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, spent a good amount of coin refurbishing the area and actually making it into a playable ball field again instead of just like kind of like a plaque on the ground and a, a, a ratty infield. So they put, they put uh, artificial turf down. It's a nice stadium now. I mean, it, it you know probably only could could you know take a thousand people, so there would definitely need to be a lot of work done for clubhouses and for seating and all that kind of stuff. But um, aside from the fact that it's in kind of a, um, a hard you know a, a neighborhood in Cleveland that's on hard times, like that to me that would be really cool to see a baseball game there. Um, yeah. So I would like to well, Matt. If uh, once you're finished, I want to tag yeah. on to that. Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, now that's a great idea. And and what I'm about to say is not my idea. I've read about this and I I think several people have kind of talked about this sort of thing. But um, so the Field of Dreams thing is super cool. I hope that they do keep doing it at least for a while. I think it's awesome. But I think there are a lot of other things that you can do. And um, the guys on the podcast were talking about this and I thought it was really great. So like here are a couple examples. One is that you play some games in like Negro League stadiums. There are a couple that still exist. So you play some games in Negro League stadiums. Like I think in oh, Birmingham, yeah. Alabama, there's still one. Yeah. And Birmingham is super important in baseball history. I can't remember if they're born there or if they played there, but Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and Satchel Paige all have serious connections to Birmingham. Yeah. Um, three of the most important players of all time. So the Negro League stadiums, I think, could be awesome. Another thing is you go to other countries and play. So think about this. 
Think about a Padres game, maybe Padres-Dodgers, maybe a whole series, like a rivalry series in the Dominican Republic. Fernando Tatis is from the Dominican. Like, how fucking cool would that be? Can you imagine, like, what Dominican baseball fans must feel about, about Fernando? That must be amazing. Yeah, or, I mean, they did that in yeah. Puerto Rico, right? That When mm-hmm. the Expos were doing their home games in Puerto Rico for a little while. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, and think Puerto about Rico's like, country, uh, but that'd be like cool. the yeah, or like in like the Angels going to Japan for Shohei. Like Shohei must be a fucking god over there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like that kind of shit. I don't know. I don't know what that would do for like TV ratings here in America. Right. I'm not sure if it would be as much of a draw. I know I would be into it. I just think it would be like a super cool thing in general. I feel like that would just be really awesome. Well, so. they have they have done games in in Japan. Remember a right. couple years ago, they did uh, A's A's um, Mariners in Japan. Because the Mariners signed Ichiro. Yeah. So, but do do, do it with some. Fans. Yeah. Do it some with somebody who's in their prime, though, right? And yeah. and, and fucking and. I mean, uh, the Yankees did that. Advertise with Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. They play with with Matsui. And that's cool. And that's cool. Yeah. Do Godzilla. more. Of it, I'm saying and fucking market the shit out of it. Yeah. You know, really amplify it and do it more than once. Um, and go to different places. I don't know. I feel like that could be really cool. I mean, I think I think we're unfortunately over glorifying the fact that we think baseball stars are bigger than you know, they actually are like, yeah, it would be really cool in those areas, like you said, but that's where baseball struggles the most all the time is it's a great local sport. The local channels and the local revenue is all great, but from a national standpoint, mm-hmm. it doesn't sniff the NFL or the NBA. Yeah. And so like the field, of dreams thing is something that it's a movie. So you know, a lot of people had seen the movie and that's why, you know, I think it got the ratings that it got. I, I don't know if there's a way to really replicate something like that. Well, well, so the, the, the thing I read talked about that. There is one other thing you can do there. And it made a very controversial point. It said, well, there's a better Kevin Costner baseball movie out there for love of the talking game about what for love of the game. Bull Durham. No, Bull Durham. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and actually have uh have a, a raise, you know, raise Red Sox game in, in Durham, uh, yeah, and make it a make it a Bull Durham night or something. That'd be cool um, too. I yeah, think that'd be cool. Milk that shit. Yeah, milk it. You know, whatever. Yeah. Any of these move, any famous baseball movies. If there's a way to to fucking use that, and, well, and... not anything, because then you're gonna get Rookie of the Year and like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm saying little big league. They have to meet a certain threshold of like famousness and popularity. Like, like, cause Field of Dreams, if anybody knows of a baseball movie, they probably know of Field of Dreams or maybe Moneyball if they're a younger person. Or The Natural. Yeah. Oh, if they're an older person, right? That's an older one. Yeah. Isn't it's it? Not Robert, old. Robert no, Redford. Isn't that Robert Redford? That it old. is. It That's is. fucking old then. Yeah. So, it's like. My point is, these are movies that sort of transcend and sort of go into mainstream culture, right? Like, people who aren't big baseball fans at least know of these movies. So, yeah, you have to meet a certain threshold, right? Um, there are, there are, I'm sure there are plenty of movies out there that would not be a draw hey, at all. The Natural is only five years older than, than Field of Dreams, so wow. screw you. Okay, all right, fair enough. Field of Dreams is as old I as we are. Guessed, I never yeah. would have guessed that. If Field of Dreams is what eighty nine, and then the Natural is eighty four. Isn't Robert Redford fucking ancient? <laughs> um, Here goes Ethan again, calling people old. He was born yeah. in nineteen thirty six, so yeah, he's a little old. He, yeah, so he was like uh, he was like sixty when that movie came out. Oh. Uh, fifty, almost, 48, almost 60. 48. Oh, oh, I'm bad at math. Almost, almost fifty. 
still okay so he was 48 and he was playing like a mickey mantle type right like a baseball prodigy and he was 48 i've never really seen it all the way through yeah i haven't i haven't either now what it's such an old movie how about the fact that like men who are old are getting get these roles of like young people and it's not questioned when was the last time you saw like a 50 year old woman get a role to play like a prodigy athlete who's like in her 20s or or no how about salma hayek in the eternals she's in her 50s and she's the leader of the eternals so <laughs> what is the eternals i never even heard of this before it's the next big blockbuster from the mcu we're gonna well i guess we'll find out and see if it is directed by chloe Zhao. it's got angelina jolie in it it's got uh oh that guy from game of thrones in it. kit harrington yeah kit harrington yeah. i think it's him no 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 his older brother no, Kit, I mean he's on the he's on the cast. I don't know if oh you're looking else. it up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Yeah, Kit Harrington. Yeah. Also, Kumail uh, Nanjiani. He's awesome. Yep, he got ripped for that. He got ripped. Why? To play a superhero or supervillain or something. It was probably good money. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. He, yes. No, why? He why got, did he get ripped? He got he, cut. He got. Oh, ripped like that. I yeah. thought he got like. I thought you meant he got like ripped online, like people were no, mad no, at him. No, 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 he got ripped. He got he cut. Got he jacked. got super he got jacked. jacked. Okay. Yeah, jacked. Yeah, 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 there yeah. we go. Got it. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, don't get so don't get so high and mighty about a word that has multiple meanings and could easily be interpreted differently. Okay, no, 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 no. Now we're going to flip this back on you cuz at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the show you're <laughs> I'm going to teach you guys new words. <laughs> and ripped yeah, can mean multiple fucking mean? things. What, what does cromulent mean? on my mind i don't know what that means cromulent? you're looking it up right now you're typing it in i, I can what the cromulent or cromulet yeah. cromulent it's a simpsons episode um it's a it's it's from a simpsons episode oh, it's yes. from a simpsons episode okay so obscure made up words is that is that your oh is it made, is it actually made up i think so i don't <laughs> i don't <laughs> It means yeah. acceptable or fine, Ethan. Okay, interesting. It looks like it's made up to me, but anyways. Anyway, what do we have? What else we got to talk about? Yeah, what else we got? I wanted to retract my statement from a couple of weeks ago where I said the White Sox were the team to beat in the American League. The Yankees don't look scared of them at all. And if the Yankees aren't scared of the White Sox, then they are not the team to beat in the AL. I don't know who it is. Because I don't want to say the Yankees and sound like a homer, but the Yankees are red hot right now, obviously. Right. Astros? Astros. Why not? Hey, maybe. Probably, probably the Tampa Astros. Bay Rays. Yeah. Or the Rays. It, it's got to yeah. be the Rays, right? They're, they don't have the star power, but they yeah, are but they really have the, good. They have the, I'm going to polish a turd power, and like, <laughs> poof, this guy is the yeah. best hitter against the Yankees ever. Yep, absolutely. He-Man Choi, which... I mean, he had a cup of tea with the Yankees and hit a home run. It was great. And like every time he gets into the box against the Yankees, I just all I can think is he's going to hit a home run now, and he usually does. Because damn it. Now, okay. Now here's something we can come back to this, but here's something that I didn't know. I was just looking at the standings real quick because we were talking about this. So we know the Rays are really good. They're seventy-three and forty-seven. That's a great record. You know who else has who has the same uh, the identical record? The fucking Brewers. Yeah. The Brewers are really good this year. Holy shit. They got really good pitching this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, like, Corbin Burns, and they've got, like, a couple other guys who are randomly amazing this year, right? Who, like, previously were not. 
and they got Hater still. Right. right? That's super interesting. Yeah, because uh, Yelich is having like a pedestrian season, and then they're still. Yeah, he is. Yelich. Yeah, he's not good this year. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this the other day. I don't have the stats behind it. I don't know how easy it is for one of you two to look up, but I would imagine since the wild card came into play for the 94 strike shortened season. So since 1995, that the majority of seasons have featured a wild card team who has a better record than at least one division winner in baseball. And this year there would be the, whoever comes out of the NL East and whoever comes out of the, uh, AL Central, so potentially the White Sox. Um, it's going to be the White Sox. Everyone else in the division has a losing record. Right, right. And I think I think all the three teams in the AL East have a better record than the White Sox now. And so, like, part of me, <laughs> when I was thinking about the playoff race heating up, I was like, oh, my God, we just need to get rid of these divisions. Like, why, why do we do this? Because it sets up I the agree. wrong matchups. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Like, I feel like the season's definitely heating up right now. You know, the Phillies and the Braves and the Mets, the Mets have been playing terrible, but the Braves have been red hot lately. You know, they jumped back into first place. That's going to be fun divisional, you know, race to close things out. The NL West should be really fun, you know, especially if Tatis can stay healthy and can stay in with the Padres. I mean, the Giants are they're unstoppable, but I think the I think the Dodgers are probably still the team to beat in a seven yeah, game series. Five, five thirty eight still has them as the the by and large favorite, and and actually the the, the White Sox do have a better res, or a better record than the Yankees and the Red Sox. So okay, uh, close, they have though, seventy wins. The Yankees yeah. only have sixty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it could have been sixty nine if they didn't blow the Field of Dreams game. Yeah, yeah, I know that was rough. Yeah. Should be a fun finish, though. It should be. It should be a good September. If, if as long as none of these kind of teams that we're talking about, as long as none of them totally drop off, like that, it would be fun. It could be. It could be a really fun race. So yeah. Hopefully. And I mean, you I have Rizzo you have just legitimate... hit a triple. By the way, who did? Huh? Rizzo just hit a triple. Yankees four oh, one. Nice. <laughs> Rizzo, my boy. Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry. But, and and I think in both leagues too, like you've got the A's out west. They potentially could catch the uh, the Astros, I guess. Um, so you've got the Astros, the A's. I mean, I, I guess the American League is so bunched up that all the teams who are in contention today could legitimately make the playoffs. The NL, what the you know, with the West and the East, the way they're bunched up, I think the Brewers are probably the the most of the. Yeah, they're yeah they're the Reds are lock. in the mix, but they don't have yeah. much of a chance. Aren't the they like nine eight behind. nine back? Yeah, nine back. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I thought they were closer in the wild card though, but oh, maybe in the wild card. They're nine back of Milwaukee in the division. That was what I was looking at. So the two central teams have it locked up pretty much because they play in terrible divisions. Yeah. And then you've got the East and the West fighting it out for it's, yeah, it's close three yeah. three more spots in both yeah. leagues. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the 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 Reds are only a game and a half back of the Padres for the second wild card. So that that is tight for the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But it's it's not as it's not as close. That's much closer than the American League. Yeah. Huh. Who do you think Very the four beautiful. American League teams are today? Five. Or, yeah, oh, yeah right. five now. Yeah. And who do you think are the five NL teams? What are we, what are we predicting? Yeah. On like who's, August who's 18th. Nope. I mean, it raised, raised Sox, Astros, um, Yankees, A's. 
That's the current, and that's like the. Well, actually, I guess the Yankees, A's, and Boston are technically tied right now. Yeah. For the wild card, I would probably go with the same five. Um, I mean, Toronto um, could. I mean, if you look at Toronto's run differential, like it's pretty. Crazy. They've allowed fewer runs and scored a whole lot more than the Yankees. Yeah, oh, that's. So the, their Pythagorean record, which again, uh, say a metric for dummies, Pythagorean record is just a <laughs> a look at what your expected wins and losses should be based on your run differential, meaning how many more runs do you score than you give up? Um, they can make a fairly accurate um, prediction of your expected wins and losses based on that. And actually, surprisingly, it's usually within two games. Most of the time it's within two games of your record, which is surprisingly good. There are outliers, usually an outlier is within five games. Um, so, for example, this year the Yankees are an outlier. They've played a lot of close games. They have a very, very slim run differential, but for some reason they're still performing very well. So that also tells people, eh, maybe the Yankees are getting more lucky than others. Or the other narrative is, which the Red Sox have said too, is they can pitch um, so they can excel in these these games. But anyway, the, the, the Red Sox and the Jays may sneak in there, but, um, you know, the – Unless the Yankees like sweep the A's next week, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think if any sort of any sort of split between the two teams there is bad for the the Jays and the, the Red Sox. See, I think Boston is not going to make the playoffs. They have been falling pretty hard. I think the Jays will make the wild card. Mm. I think there's a legitimate chance that the Yankees can still win the division because we still have a lot of games against the Rays. You got three three against the Rays left. That's it. They're Last only, three games of the season. Only five games back. So they just got to keep it close. They have a legitimate chance. Either you know, so either the Rays or the Yankees are probably going to take the East. I, I don't know. I just think the Red Sox have kind of come back to earth and are running out of gas and. I hope that's what's happening. And, and I will say at this point, and again, there's still plenty of games to go, but credit credit where it's deserved, Colin. You've kept the faith more than <laughs> more than Ethan and I have. Um, True. So uh, uh, it, it's I mean I'm 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 excited now. I'm still nervous. I'm still I'm still afraid we're going to be let down. Yeah. But it's well, been exciting. there's there's a really good chance that we will be. Yeah. I mean, it's really freaking hard to win the World Series, but I'm. I'm not even saying the World Series, just the fact that we're in playoff contention again. Yeah. Is like I'd be happy to make the playoffs the way this season has gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll be talking about Aaron Boone winning manager of the year at some point. Everybody wanted him can, just like uh, Davey Martinez that's when the thing, dude. they won the World Series. Yeah. That's the thing with all of these like reactionary fucking baseball fans, right? And it's not just Yankee fans. It's fans all over the place and just like sports fans in general who just want like immediate action taken. And with something like baseball, it makes no sense at all. 162 games, dude. Like, April through September, like, the entire fucking months. Like, it is a long-ass season, you know? Like, it's insane to just, like, want these immediate decisions made. Let the fucking thing play out. It's a marathon. Correction. Resident hit a triple. He hit a infield single. That was our He's producer, Matt. Uh, not to be confused with the host, Matt. That's producer Matt, who does still. live... Live uh, fact-checking for he us. He still scored two runs on that infield single, though. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, producer Matt. Thank you, 
host Matt. Thank you, host Ethan. Say goodbye to the podcast. That is it for today. Oh, we're done? Oh, shit. Okay, bye, everyone. Goodbye, podcast. What's up, everyone? It's NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter. And yes, I'm back, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Wide Receiver One, presented by Blue Wire and WinBet. I'm going to be talking to some of the best wide receivers in the game today about every topic that is related to football, but more importantly, the personal struggles. We're going to dive deeper into the man underneath the helmet, who he is, who he once was, and who he wants to become. Listen to me, NFL Hall of Famer Chris Carter, on Wide Receiver One, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.